The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you what, who deserves a shot in the United States I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring. You're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get some Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 243 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by the RawCast broadcast journalist himself, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? What, what day is it? What time is it? I don't know. It's all a blur at this point. <laughs> this baby's killing me. No, it's good to be back, y'all. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Glad to uh, hear some adventures of the little one. And, uh, you know, every day is a new adventure in the world of parenting. New adventure, new sound that he's discovered, new objects appearing in diapers, uh, all that type of stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and the other voice you hear on the mic tonight is joining us from Baltimore, none other than Mo underscore Reese. What's going on, Mo Reese? Ain't nothing going on, man. Just watching the um, political version of the Diva Search for the Democratic Party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got any potential talents? Any um, the people who they always pass over, like... um, uh, the girl who plays um, Ducha Underground, Ivelisse, and uh, anybody like that in the, in the field? That's no, still early. You know, it's a bunch of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, you know, Biden up there looking like, <laughs> we, I'm just waiting for somebody, just, you know, but people just calling him out on everything. So, really, so just going to wait and see. But it's just kind of interesting to see what's playing out. Right, right. Political season is already started, and uh, not just in the world of real politics, but also in the politics of professional wrestling. As the big news that dropped, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were both named WWE executive directors, and they will take over running WWE TV. Heyman is set to become executive director of Monday Night Raw. While Bischoff will fill the same role for SmackDown, both men will report directly to Vince McMahon. And at this time, these are executive roles and the two men are not expected to be introduced on TV as a part of the authority storyline. So we'll turn it over to Mr. Magnum Prime, since we haven't had a chance to hear any of your commentary with color for a little while here on the podcast, what are your thoughts of Heyman and Bischoff running well, WWE? I'll say this i i i have a i have a fall, a fondness for for Heyman. Um, he was definitely a, 
a visionary back in the day. I mean, between the two guys, I, I, I would give more of a chance to him. But I mean, when you're facing new competition on the wrestling landscape, you really should go with someone who's a, a who's a bit younger, who who's who has their pulse, who has their finger on the pulse of really what's going on. Uh, with the wrestling world, and I don't know if if Heyman really does. And Bischoff, I mean, you know, Bischoff been making money on TV. You know, what I'm saying if you want a guy to come in, help you run your promotion as a television show, then yeah, I understand that. But um, actually providing wrestling entertainment to fans, I'm I'm not sold on this. Mo underscore Reese, your thoughts, good sir. Uh, it was kind of a shock when the Sports Illustrated, you know, article came dropping, and I was like, "Is this a kind of rib or something like that?" You know, then you know, started reading the WWE. They released a statement on it saying, "You know, we um they in these roles." I'm like, "Okay, well, we've seen this happen." What back in 2005 ish when they had the general manager roles on SmackDown and Raw, they was. Um, Heyman was trying to resurrect ECW, then they had the whole ECW invading Raw storyline and everything that was going on there. I mean, if it's backstage, they can, you know, shape the show into where it needs to be going forward. I mean, you see, we see Vince is going back to his his um, reliable, old reliables, as they saw it. You know, he brought back Bruce Pitchett early in the year. Um, Dana Warriors, I guess she's still on um, the creative side. Now you bring him back, Bischoff, who hasn't been around since he got dumped in the trash can, uh, dumped in the um, in the trash compact or whatever on, on the episode of Raw. And Heyman, he's just been around as the advocate for Brock Lesnar. So if it's backstage, then yeah, and I agree with Greg, we do they do need some younger blood in there who can give a fresh perspective on it. But I think Vince is just doing it because he knows what the veteran aspects of these two gentlemen have in the business. And, you know, if you have, you have an AEW on the come up, he has to, you know, play these cards so that he can, you know, keep his upper hand, so to speak. I hope a couple of things happen. I hope less quote-unquote writers will be involved now that you have two or at least one pure wrestling mind and like Greg said a guy who knows TV and how to write stories two I hope they can maybe set up the scene where They let since we've got this new edict with the commercials break where you're not going to have these long matches that are going to be cut up in between by commercials. There's going to be no commercials during any action. So that's the reason why you have all these elimination matches and two out of three matches coming up in the review so you can get the commercial breaks in. Maybe just maybe they might be getting ready to condition people to go back to a a style of wrestling where you don't see as much on your TV per se, and it all builds towards the pay-per-view again. Maybe they feel like 
AEW is going to come out guns blazing with everything they got on their TV show for the first six months. So how about while they're hot shotting it, how about we maybe do a little bit less on TV and get people more interested in to the pay-per-views because what's going to happen here on TV is the longest match you're going to see is going to be like eight minutes, nine minutes. It's not going to be these two and three segment matches anymore unless it's a two out of three falls or an elimination match or some type of gauntlet match or something to that effect where they can stop after every pinfall and not have to break this thing of Vince's doesn't want the action broken up by commercials. So there's a lot of moving parts happening with WWE. They've had some really low numbers and attendance on TV. Horrible numbers. <laughs> and the, and um, we're in July now, which means that in less than three months uh, AEW will be on the horizon so you know but here's, but here's the question I have I have well two actually um, what what happens with Lesnar since Heyman has this new role is he still going to be the advocate oh, or yeah. is- I don't think that will change his role I think he'll still on camera he'll still be the the guy because I mean it ain't like Brock showing up every week and Paul's going to have right. to uh, dedicate you know, some of his time, whatever he's going to be doing to the show to make sure Brock is all right. You know, he'll have more than enough ample time to know when Brock's coming to to get those things in. So I don't think that's going to mess with anything. All right. And then they said that Bischoff is going to be working with the Fox executives as well. So are they banking on his six uh, well, his early success working with TNT? And then, you know, hoping that parlays into, you know, by them moving to Fox, moving to broadcast television, is that going to, um, you know, you know, make us make a big splash for them in that aspect? It can't hurt. You know, again, Eric Bischoff is a TV guy. He's a he's a reality kind of guy. If you ever listen to his podcast, he's always talking about stories and they need arcs and and how you know you have to go from step to step to step and so that's his deal and there's a probably if he can he's gonna try to probably get away with maybe grittying up smackdown a little bit mm-hmm. maybe not maybe not have it be quite the same as raw i think that's probably his biggest goal is to just okay this is everything they do on Raw. He's probably got a big yellow piece of paper right now that says that this looks like this. They did, and then he's probably got another piece of paper that says, "Okay, what can we do that's different than Raw?" To try to make this a uh, true brand split. But now, you know, with the wild card and everything, I don't know how much they can kind of keep that true flavor. But I think that's going to be his first attempt is to try to maybe if they can shoot it a little different or if they can uh, just present it in a different form to just give it its own flavor where it's not just a raw recap show or, Hey, it's the same matches we got from raw with just different people in them and the ropes are different. Right. Right. Seems like Conrad Thompson getting people jobs, you know, outside the podcast game. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's he's, he's a sugar night at a podcast game, man. I don't know what he does, but everybody that he gets it's like every time turn around, they they back in they back yeah. in the fold some way somehow. The only person who's the only person who seems to have a little repellent on him is Tony Schiavone. He had quite he, got but he, in yet. But he, but he's still, you know, doing baseball and his other things. I don't know if somebody come off of him a position. <laughs> yeah, so very interesting to see what Heyman and Bischoff will bring to these new roles. I guess starting on this week's TV when they come back from Japan, uh, we'll start seeing their influence, I guess. So maybe they will wait till they get through this extreme rules pay-per-view to give them a fresh uh, set of stories to work on towards um, SummerSlam, but uh, you know they had to do something, and so this is the first stab at it, and we will see where it goes from here. Now we will turn our focus to the event that was Stopping Grounds this past Sunday. Thank you to everybody who joined us for the hashtag Stop the Yardcast live tweet. It was a lot of fun as always. Thank you for everybody who came out, shared their commentary with color. On the pre-show, Tony Nese defended his Cruiserweight Championship in a triple threat against Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa. Drew Gulak and Tony Nese trade strikes. We get a German suplex by Tony Nese to Drew Gulak into the turnbuckles. Tozawa takes out Tony Nese and Gulak then hits the Argentine cutter on Tozawa for the win. And Drew Gulak is your new cruiserweight champion it's been a pretty good run for Drew Gulak he had a couple of great matches with Kushida over on NXT he's had a really strong run on 205 Live and now he gets the championship so I'm glad to see him be presented in a little bit more serious manner even though the no fly zone Drew Gulak is amazing um, now that was the, he was that, was, that, that character was great but the switch that he he went he underwent and the, the character change kind of draw me in back into it. He's he's just great. It's just one of those he's one of those wrestlers who can take the you know he could take a gimmick and make it work on his own. Because we had the powerpoints when he first was signed, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into it. This is great. And then he just started evolving. He started being um, the sidekick, the Enzo. He made that work. Now he's transformed into this new. This new gimmick he's doing now. And I was surprised that they dropped they they that they um the title change happened here, but it was a great match overall. It was a damn good match. It in oh, some yeah. people's es- estimation the best match on the whole card. I was like, it's, they just need to start letting them you know get a chance to shine on the main show. It's like you as soon as we we saw them, I was like, okay, this might still steal the spotlight and exactly what it did. That might be another reason why Bischoff got SmackDown is because 205 Live is tied into that and he may be able to try to work some magic with those smaller guys onto that SmackDown show if he can. I think they would work better on SmackDown than they would on Raw anyway. Just Raw just doesn't seem like it's ever been a cruiserweight light heavyweight type of show it yeah, was never. it was just like it wasn't it's just like when they featured them overall and it was just like the fans weren't really interested in it and it was just like they should have just kept that like 
for teaching them on SmackDown, so to speak, and then you know, let or I think somebody was saying take two or five live before SmackDown probably would have been a good deal for that one, but it's just it's like now they got the chance they can they can really get the pieces moving, they can really start making some more noise. In our next matchup, Becky Lynch she defended her Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans looks for the slingshot elbow drop, but she gets countered, and they trade as Lacey Evans hits a slice of bread variation and a big boot for a two count. Lacey goes to the ropes. She gets pulled off of the ropes, and then she gets locked into the disarmor, and Becky Lynch retains the Raw Women's Championship. This match was a little rough. The crowd was really not into it. Um... A little botchy on Lacey's behalf. And, uh, you know, Becky Lynch made the most of uh, what she was working with. Yeah, she did. And you saw when the, when the botches was happening, I was like, oh, no. I was like, I was like, Lacey missing her cues and everything. And it kind of threw Becky off a little bit, too. G Money, since the departure of Ronda Rousey, have you felt the steam kind of cooling for Becky Lynch? She doesn't, you know, the promos aren't quite the same. The matches definitely have been lacking for a better word. Uh, what can she kind of do to kind of build her, build her, her rep back up that she once had? you know, towards the end of last year, beginning of 2019? That's a challenge, man. You know, there's just some people who are great champions, and then there are some people who are great challengers. Dusty Rhodes was a great challenger. Ric Flair was a great champion. And, you know, sometimes I'll I'll listen to to Becky, you know, do a promos, and I just get kind of bored. And she really doesn't have a a, a foil out there that she's working with right now that makes me care about what's going on. I I just I just don't. I, I think it was a bad pairing. I know you want you would like to take the opportunity to where you can have someone who's a an experienced champion get the rub on some you know some new talent who you think is going to be you know the the next big thing. But it's not working here. It is is not working and. Um, I mean, I, I don't know outside of Ronda what would create some excitement right now because pretty much everybody else who who's around, I mean, we've already seen her mix it up. With, so uh, I don't, I don't know. We get one of those dope. Mustafa Ali video packages where he's kind of like a vigilante or something where he's and these people are in these situations and he's kind of like looking over them or something so we'll see where that goes Kayla Braxton is at Corbin's locker room Paul Heyman exits and he denies that he's the special referee but he teases that Brock might be here Corbin arrives and he says that he has chosen his referee for tonight he says he doesn't need any help. He just needs a fair shot, and he will beat Seth Rollins tonight. Big E and Xavier Woods, 
they took on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It breaks down. Woods and Sami fight on the apron. We get the suicide spear by Big E, and that takes out Sami. Xavier Woods then heads up top, but Kevin Owens runs into the ropes, which ends up crotching Xavier Woods. Owens hits a stunner, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get the win over Big E and Xavier Woods. This was a fun tag team match. It was good to see the stunner win a match and not be a transition move. I know Stone Cold tipped his beer to that. And, and uh, these four guys, they killed it. This was a fun match. The crowd was into it. Uh, I like the way that uh, Xavier Woods was out there getting his Ricky Morton on as he got beat up for about seven straight minutes before he even got, like, one punch in. Oh, man, they was killing. He took him to the woodshed. <laughs> and then uh, Big E came in, made the hot tag, and then we kind of went going, got going from there. Um, I really like the structure. It's a different structure than they usually have for tag team matches in WWE. So this match gets two thumbs up for me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good match. I was surprised that... Um, Sammy and Kevin got the win, but you know, you know, we gotta advance the storyline somehow. Well, they need a whole bunch of wins. I mean, they've the thing about that night in Montreal when they both came back and how everybody was, they were like the two biggest stars in WWE. I mean, I know the location has a lot to do with it, right? But I mean, look how far and how fast they've fallen. Poor Kevin Owens just got his whole WrestleMania everything just taken away from him uh, for Kofi Kingston, and he just hasn't recovered from that. Sami Zayn is doing fantastic heel stuff and trying to get this critics of the critic thing over, but you know they're not giving him any wins to make him you know stand out. So, like I told, uh, I'm in a group text with the ladies from the Forever Young cast. And I basically boiled it down to the biggest thing that is plaguing WWE and the reason why guys like The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Stone Cold are still the draws and people still pop and people still tune in for those people is this booking style that they're using makes it hard for you to invest in anybody. Right. Because as soon as you start to invest in somebody, they send them on a stupid storyline or they start beating them or they don't have them on TV at all. Anything that gets you to care once you've actually tried to get behind somebody. So you don't have any personal attachment to anybody like you do Stone Cold or Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Razor Ramon or Diesel because you actually got to see those people kind of persevere and you could attach yourself to them and they got on winning streaks and they went from being a mid-card guy to being the IC champion from being a good IC champion to you know, being able to challenge for the world championship, being the world champion, and then losing it and having to go back through that all again, and again. And the thing was, it wasn't. It wasn't even like um, the whole thing. It wasn't even the whole thing about they won it on that first deal. It was like they lost and they had to go back and you know regroup and go at it again. And then, like I was, they, somebody had posted a clip of um, I think it was Steve Austin and, and Bret Hart. That little promo they had, and I'm just like, 
this was just like something that was just real, real great to watch um, back in the nineties and everything. And it was just like the booking was just totally different. It was just like it's like you built. It's like the story was built. It's like you had to overcome obstacles and things like that. I say it doesn't happen like that today. It's like like I told you when I was on the last time when I saw Kevin Owens at the SmackDown show, he was not into that face run. And it was like, he was just not into it. Like this read on his face. And I was just like, I'm like, he's going to turn heel very soon. And that's what happened. But it's just like, they're not giving them the lead way to do what they can do. Like, if you saw this was NXT, this was like, we've been talking a whole different playing field and everything. It's like main roster is just like, okay, we have to cater to casual fans. We have to, we have, um, you sponsors know, sponsors and, and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, come on, it's like, come on, right. It's like, come on, man. It's like, you have a product you have to put out here and you wonder why you're having low numbers, low viewerships, low attendance at your, at your, at your shows. This is the problem. You're not giving people something to invest in. And you wonder why people is talking about other companies and everything and giving them eyes and, and anticipating what they about to bring to the table. Yeah, it's a it's a situation that I mean, ever since they've gone to that 50 50 booking, um, it's been an issue. And I mean, they've been trying to massage it and hide it and give all these different reasons why 50 50 booking works. But you know, it's a, like I said a few podcasts ago. It's America, man. We want to get behind people who win. We don't get behind people who play five hundred ball. We get behind people right. who you know go undefeated or you know lose very few games. You know that's the type of stuff we like, and it needs to be represented. And you know, and especially something that's a sport like wrestling purports itself to be at certain times when it's necessary. So, yeah, they need to get back to, you know, having guys win and win and win and win and win. And, again, that's where having more squash matches and more promos would do far more than putting out these high-level matches for six or seven minutes every week. Um, Back to the pay-per-view. Alexa manipulates Nikki backstage ahead of tonight's title match. Then we have our United States Championship match where Samoa Joe is defending his title against Ricochet. Ricochet hops over the ropes and he uses it to stun Joe. Ricochet heads up top and he rolls through on the 630. Then he hits a code breaker. He heads back up top. Ricochet hits the 630 and he gets the 1-2-3 as Ricochet is your new United States Champion. Such an upset. Did not see that coming, at least in the first run. I thought maybe we would get a, like you said, uh, Mo, a series of matches, see Ricochet come up short, but give Samoa Joe all he can handle, enough where a rematch is warranted. But nope. Put the belt on Ricochet first time he gets a single title match. <laughs> that was a shocker. Like, and I'm saying anything like, okay, it's going to be a great match, but Samoa Joe's going to catch him, and that's going to be the end. And they said it was your second title um, change tonight, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Greg, do you see Ricochet as the new 
Rey Mysterio, the one small guy who's going to be allowed to mix it up with the heavyweights? I, I felt like that question was coming. But, you know, hey, he, he's bigger. He's bigger than Ray, which I, I always think, you know, would, would help him out. But the dude, I mean, he's he's so talented. And, I mean, I, I really wasn't surprised by the outcome because, I mean, you, you hear different things about Joe um, or at least the way people feel about Joe. Maybe he's not putting in um, his best effort at this point. And I mean, they they took the belt was took it up, taken off of him with Ray. Ray had the belt. I mean, he probably would still had the belt if he hadn't hurt his shoulder, at least at that point in time. So I wasn't totally surprised by the by the finish, but I I think Ricochet he can. I think he can hang in with with the guys. Like I say, he's got more size than 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 what Ray can bring to the ta- table, and he does he does cool stuff. That's that's what the kids want. So. You know, I I think um, hopefully, hopefully that he'll get the chance to shine more than Neville did. I think Neville they just kind of put him in a in a, a small man's box, and he never got the opportunity to work with some of the the, the larger stars in the WWE. But I mean, hey, you saw what happened at the at the end of the match. Uh, who was he hugging? He was <laughs> hugging Triple H. So, right. uh, you know, <laughs> and no, there's nowhere to go but up. So I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll give him, you know, the 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 rocket pack, uh, you know, to the stars. Strap it to his back and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, they took on Heavy Machinery for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Daniel Bryan blind tags in as Otis slams Rowan. Bryan low bridges Tucker. He goes flying outside of the ring. Bryan hits a missile drop kick on Otis, but Tucker is back and he wipes out Rowan with the dive. But Daniel Bryan, he gets the win with the small package on Tucker and Bryan and Rowan retain the SmackDown tag team titles. It's funny. We, we, we know with Roe that, um, Daniel Bryan and, and Rowan are playing, but we've seen who the crowd was behind <laughs> during this match. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, it, 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 the, the chance was everything. Driver Prius, recycle. It was like, this was this was crowd participation that you need in a match. <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan, that dude's back is strong as shit. Because he carried three 300-pound dudes in this match to a fantastic match. When you look at this on paper, like, eh, I don't know about heavy machinery in a championship match already, but Daniel Bryan worked his magic, man, and this was a hell of a match. He did. (laughs) Bailey, she faced off against Alexa Bliss, SmackDown Women's Championship match. Alexa Bliss sends Bailey to the steps. Then we get the code red on the floor, and Bliss rolls Bailey back in. She heads up top for the twisted Bliss. But Nikki Cross rolls in because Bailey had attacked her on the floor earlier. And that allows Bailey to counter the twisted Bliss. She gets the knees up. Bailey then hits the Bailey to Belly, and Bailey retains the SmackDown women's title. 
Well, Bailey can. Uh, there's not many things that she can say that she's actually better than Sasha Banks said, but she can say that she actually has defended her title more times oh. than Sasha has. Oh, that was shame. A <laughs> truth. Hey, man, it's the facts, Jack. No, it is. <laughs> That's the reason why uh, the boss hadn't been on TV. I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons why she hadn't been on TV in the last three months. Ain't that girl since? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the long story here, you know, interesting to see if, if if Nikki is going to beat Alexa to the turn or if Alexa is going to do what she always does, manipulate her way through Nikki to greener pastures and then leave Nikki behind once she reaches them. Um, I like this new, more aggressive Bailey that we had for this round against Alexa Bliss. It wasn't the um, first time when Bailey had the championship and we got the this is my life and all that and just to kind of, well, I'm living my dream. I'm glad to be champion, Bailey. This was more like, you know, fuck that. I'm trying to stay champion, Bailey. Right. Uh, we get highlights of the recent 24-7 episodes with Truth and Drake Maverick. Uh, Drake Maverick dressing up like Carmella at the end of last week's SmackDown to win the title. Then our truth crashing Drake Maverick's wedding, pinning him on uh, on his way out after the ceremony was done to regain the 24-7 championship. No days off. No days off. Who's ever writing that has to have a lot of fun. I think they said pitching those scenarios and situations. They said Drake Maverick is producing that is producing those segments, um, those twenty four seven segments. So it's kind of catching the eyes of um, people backstage. So you know, kudos to him on doing that. That's what's up. The more you can do. Yep. Because guess what? If there ain't a spot for you there, the word travels and he can end up backstage doing that and more at someplace else. It was funny. They they were showing um, photos of the wedding and um, Matt Hardy's son had the title. I was like, did they have a title change that we didn't know about? Because King Maxwell had the title was running around with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, look at I said, look at this. I said, all truth take a picture that he had the title he's running. I'm like, oh man, this yeah. is crazy. It was funny about that belt. If you look if you ever look at it really close, all the other belts have like very significant and uh eye catching side plates, which really kind of make the title complete. Right. But if you ever look at that belt because it's gonna change hands so much it's just solid gold on the side it's nothing it had to say 24 7 didn't have any type of plate on it just because they know you know so many people are gonna have it it's not a bad looking title after you know you know what it looks like it looks like the wbo boxing championship good call yep you're exactly right Except for that's it has a silver plate, the boxing one does, and this one has a gold. But it has that yeah. same green leather, same round face. I think it's pretty cool looking. It's cool. It's, I want the shirt though. Truth is twenty four seven. Yeah, I want that shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that is a sweet shirt. The big dog. Oh, excuse me. First, the Good Brothers congratulate Ricochet during his photo shoot. 
AJ Styles joins in and says that he will see Ricochet on Monday Night Raw. So now we head to Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Roman fires up and gets cut off and then hits the spear, but Shane pulls the referee out. Shane beats down Roman. He heads up top and he flies with the coast to coast. Drew covers. Shane rolls the referee back in, but Roman kicks out it too. Drew looks for the Claymore, but Roman hits the Superman punch. Roman dumps Shane to the outside. Then he hits the spear on Drew and Roman Reigns gets the win. Now, Mo, I haven't heard any confirmation about the health status of the referee <laughs> from this match. Where Shane McMahon, I don't guess he was late or the referee was too far in the ring. But anyway, man, Shane McMahon had to put his whole body in the ring to pull the referee out. And he might have, like, tore that man's PCL in the process. Oh, man, that that was – it was crazy. And it seemed like they said the ref is injured. And I'm like, wait, what? He said the referee holding, he holding his knee. And he just – I said he – I mean, he was down – like Kevin Durant was in the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, my bad. I ain't, <laughs> I'm just saying. It was just, it, that's how I just looked. He was just like, he couldn't really like stand on it. And then he was just like looking. And I'm like, if, I'm like, if he's, if he's selling it, then, I mean, if it's a work thing. He's really doing a good job of like selling it, being hurt. But Shane pulled him and you could just literally see how he just threw out the ring. And he was just down on the side, like just holding it. And he got back in the ring, and I was like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Every time I see these two guys in the lead up to the match, I'm like, this is going to be a hell of a match. Then they get in the match, and it's like, this isn't a hell of a match. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I just don't, I just don't, I, just, I don't know what it is. I, you know, maybe it's those things where if they had a match where it was more of a brawl and less of a quote unquote wrestling match, it would probably pop a little bit more to me. There's some guys that Roman doesn't need to wrestle. There's some guys he just needs to brawl with the bigger guys. He needs right. to brawl with, you know, they shouldn't be out here doing reverse chin locks to each other. Right. Like, it's like you're not like technical, like a technical wrestler. That's not your style. You're like the way they got Roman built. He's like, you know, brawling and like straight fighting and just throwing you everywhere. You know, you think now they're doing wrist locks or whatever. Like, come on, dog. It's not you. <laughs> Another technical marvel, Dolph Ziggler. He challenged Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship in a steel cage match. Kofi counters the super kick. Dolph tries to back out of the door, but Kofi stops him. Dolph keeps fighting. He counters the suplex and he tries to escape again. Kofi pulls him back in the cage. Dolph rakes Kofi's eyes and he kicks him away. Dolph looks to escape through the door, but Kofi does a suicide dive through the door to the floor and Kofi Kingston retains the WWE Championship. Dolph was Dolph was halfway out the door and thinking it was going to be him until he seen Kofi just landing right in front of him like somebody tossed him out. 
Yeah, you know what they call it a suicide dive, folks? Because if you watch the replay, his feet got caught up in the ropes. That's the reason oh, why he man. dropped like a sack of bricks. He, and, and, and as soon as you mentioned it and they showed the replay, I just watched the feet and the foot right where you said he got caught at. And he just dropped. I'm like, mm. Yeah, I thought, he, I thought when he landed, I thought his shoulder was going to be all jacked up because he landed right on his shoulder and arm. I was like, oh, no. Kobe just dislocated his shoulder, but he's all right. Those little skinny dudes, man, rubber band men, you know, it pays to be not have all that bulk and weight on you sometimes in those situations like that. Right. Don't get hurt as often when you have bad landings or, you know, get twisted up. G, your assessment of uh, Kofi's championship run, uh, he's beaten Dolph three times now. He's beaten uh, Sami Zayn. He's beaten Kevin Owens a couple of times. Uh, Daniel Bryan. What do you think? How, you know, have they made him look strong enough? Have they done enough to, you know, that you feel proud of his championship run and as far as the booking of him? I mean, look, WrestleMania was the, the top of the mountain for me. I mean, you know, he could do no wrong after that. And I just don't think they really, they really fed him, you know, the the elite talent that they really should give to the champion. I mean, getting the win over Daniel Bryan, like I said, that that was the top of the mountain. You know, everyone has made him look, you know, really strong as a champion. But I think they could put him in better matchups and give him bigger names. I agree. Um, that's how, that's that's my that's my feeling as well too. It was just like I'm like watching it was just like okay, I'm not getting the feeling that they really are booking him in a way that like he's like he's that a dominant champion. Like this has been a long time coming. It's like okay, you have the title and you're going to keep it, but it's just how this the booking is playing out, you know, but. That's just how I see it as well. That's how I see it. I'm just like, I want him to have a strong, a strong program leading into like going up to SummerSlam and make me say, okay, this, this run has been worth it. But right now, I mean, it's fine who he's been beating, but now I'm just like, okay, you're not really, you know, making me feel like he's really deserving of this title. It's like, you know, I'm watching this. Give me that feeling of Kofi actually. Um, reaping the benefits of winning the title, you know, winning the title at WrestleMania, you know. After the match, we get a New Day celebration. Kofi puts over Dolph as a good challenger, but he says he's still your WWE champion. Main event of the evening time, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin for the Universal Championship. Lacey Evans is announced as the special referee. Rollins hits the Falcon Arrow onto the chair, but we get no count. Lacey then slaps Seth, and then she falls with a low blow. The end of days by Baron Corbin connects, but that's when Becky Lynch comes out and makes the save. She kicks Lacey's ass. Becky beats down Lacey on the floor. She hits an exploder, and then she follows with strikes. We get a new ref. Rollins hits a super kick, followed by the blackout, and Seth Rollins retains the universal title. 
So I guess they're trying to put out the perception that behind every strong man, there's a strong woman. As we are in full Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch relationship exploitation mode. This main event was brutal. It was. <laughs> and the fact that he we chose Lacey, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty genius. But then you kind of knew what was going to happen in the long run, who's going to come out and have a and have a play in as well, too. So it was basically like, okay, like we, we see the cards you play, so now we just wait for everything to play out. And mm-hmm. That was a brutal. <laughs> why did it need? To, why did it need to be eighteen minutes long? What 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 was the need in that? Can't you wrap all that up in like ten minutes? Nobody cared about the match anyway. They could have, but you know, Vince got to tell the story. <laughs> 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 Release suspense, damn it! <laughs> and I'm looking like, sir. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we broke the table. And then Lacey's like, no count outs. I'm like, okay, here comes the hill. Here comes the hill um, tactics and everything. <laughs> yeah, she did the old uh, Pat Patterson when they had the, uh, the Stooges and they was doing the special referee stuff and they would do all that type of stuff. No disqualifications, no count outs, no, you know, you know, tornado match, anything goes, handicap match, whatever. You know, getting out doing the count, and the next thing you know, she's getting there talking about some, you know, about to, to go to three. Then she hurt, then mysteriously, her, her shoulders hurt. And, and Corey Graves, like, she did wrestle earlier in the evening. She got put in the disarmor. Right. Now, now, then you said, now, didn't you say you called Michael Cole out earlier for calling the wrong move in that match? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he called it the disarmor when she clearly had the cross arm breaker on. Right. Like what the heck is Michael Cole? Oh, that had me laughing um, a good a good fifteen minutes during that match, and then when she finally put it this on, he's like, "Now you can call the right move." I was yeah, like, yeah. It's like, man, Michael Cole, good lord. But I mean, if you got Vince in your ear yelling and screaming, I'm pretty sure it'd be difficult to. Keep all your I would hate to, I would hate to be on commentary and, and Vince is in your ear, just all this in your ear. I know you want to take them headphones off and be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm walking out. I can't take this. Yeah, man. A lot of people can't that they think would be good on commentary. They can't take events being in there producing them. And so it's just very difficult, they say. Very, very difficult. So before we move on, uh, what would you guys like to rate Stopping Grounds? One out of five. I'll start with our guest, Mr. Mo underscore Reese. Your rating of Stopping Grounds, sir? Uh, Three, 3.5 in that range. I agree with you. Mr. Magna Prime? I'll give it a three. Everything was going great until they got to the Alexa Bliss and Bailey match. Right. And they got there, and from that match until the end, it was kind of like wah, 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 wah. But before that, the pre show, the two tag team matches, 
uh, Becky and Lacey was kind of. But other than that, man, those other matches were really good. Really, and then he turned the corner. <laughs> right, right. I did like the creative finish for the cage match, though. I'd never seen a yeah. cage match in WWE one like that. I'm sure Kofi was like, "Let me just do this, and it'll get the crowd on their feet," and it worked. <laughs> Even though WWE has the dumbest rules for a cage match ever, the whole right. point is to stay yeah. in the damn thing. Why can you win by getting out? But they've they've uh, always had that rule ever since Big Blue Cage, so that's just kind of the. I guess that was the way that they could get away with not having talented enough wrestlers to wrestle a 30, 40 minute cage match like they would in the South. So, right. you know, 15 minutes and have a big guy get out the cage somehow. He's a winner. Now it's time to turn our attention to Monday Night Raw from Everett, Washington. Becky and Seth, they come out. There's Becky, of course, getting the bigger reaction and cheers. Seth Rollins isn't through with being interrupted. Then he gives Corbin credit for picking Lacey as the uh, special referee at Stopping Grounds. He said that uh, he wasn't smart enough to know that he has the best backup plan on the planet. Becky says it pays to be the man's man. Lynch then runs down Lacey Evans, noting that she beat her and stopped her head off her shoulders. Baron Corbin arrives as Lacey Evans attacks Becky Lynch from behind, but Becky gets the upper hand. She begins to kick her ass as Seth Rollins then fights off Baron Corbin. So the WWE power couple, they clear the ring. Corbin says Becky Lynch has saved Seth again and Seth should give her the title and he should go home and make a sandwich for the man. Corbin says at its best. Sounded like it was 1957. You know. <laughs> Corbin says if it wasn't for Becky Lynch, he'd be the champion now. He says he picked Lacey Evans because she's the only real woman around here and makes the mixed tags challenge for extreme rules. Becky and Lynch agrees, but if Corbin and Lacey Evans lose, they get no more title shots. Baron Corbin agrees. And then says that there'll be one more stipulation. And Seth Rollins, being the hothead, says, yep, we got this in the bag. We'll agree to whatever you want. Baron says that both of the titles will be on the line in this match as well. So this will become a winner's take all extreme rules. I don't think it'll be extreme rules, but it'll just be a mixed tag match for both the Raw Championship and the Universal title. Between Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins versus Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. Oh man! And I saw it, and as soon as everything played out, and those two came out, I was like, "Okay, here we go. We 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 see the writing on the wall." And, and then next thing you know, they come with a challenge, and I'm like, "Okay." And then then they said, then like you said, Seth being the hot head saying, "We accept." I'm like, figures. Some way, somehow, we're going to have to get this, the, the titles on the line. And I'm like, okay. Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, they ain't got the juice. <laughs> they, ain't got the, they ain't got the juice, the range, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be your main event focus. Hey, for the next couple of weeks, these two people are going to 
carry, you know, the main program, be the, you know, antagonist of a main program. Nah. Nah. Are we thinking that that's the end? Nope. <laughs> we have an elimination match as our first matchup. The Usos, they team up with Big E and Xavier Woods to take on The Revival and Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. So the two number one contenders, so it seems, for the tag team championships are facing off against both sets of tag team champions. A very interesting mix-up of a match. This is an elimination match. Daniel Bryan dumps Xavier Woods to the floor and he hits Dawson with a suicide dive. Now, we don't know if that was by accident or if he, you know, meant to do it. But anyway, back in, Daniel Bryan hits a missile drop kick on Xavier Woods. He follows with some yes kicks. But then that's when Dash hits Daniel Bryan. And that allows Xavier Woods to cradle Daniel Bryan and eliminate Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Xavier Woods begins to run wild, but then he does a springboard right into the shadow machine and he gets pinned by the revival and Big E and Xavier Woods are now eliminated. So now it's the revival versus the Usos. Dawson runs into an enziguri and Jimmy heads up top and Dawson cuts him off. Jay tags in and Dawson knocks him to the floor. The Revival looked for the Powerplex, which was the old uh, Power and Glory finishing move where... Yes, thank you. I'm glad somebody caught that. (laughs) (laughs) Where one uh, member of the team does a Superplex, and then the other member comes off with the Splash. But the Usos thwarted that. Jay hit the Splash part. The Superplex did take place, but then Jay hit the Splash on Dawson, and the Usos get the win. Power and Glory, a very underrated old school WWF. Very underrated. And as soon as I saw that setup, I was like, I know that I know that finish, that finishing maneuver. And even though it got it got, you know, they got it didn't it didn't go through, I just knew the setup and I was like, oh this um Hercules of Paul Roma. <laughs> yeah, man. They um the revival always throw a, a bone to somebody. They they do the heart attack, you know, when Jim uh, when Jim Nightheart died. Um, they'll do double drop kicks, you know, Rock and Roll Express. They'll yeah. do Midnight Express moves. So they always incorporate at least one old school tag team move in their matches. Students, oh, always a good thing. Students, yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. <laughs> Miz TV is here. Truth and our Truth and Carmella are the guests. No wait, no wait, no wait. Before, did you notice who was stalking Miz as he was walking to the ring? Oh yeah, was that um, one of the Firefly? It was. Um, house, it was uh, Abby. Characters. Abby was. Abby was creeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get a Firefly Funhouse segment this week, but we did get some of the characters. Uh, very somebody in the, somebody in the, somebody in the chat that said, I mean, on the, in the um on the on the um hashtag said this whole episode was that because we saw them. In the various places and everything, <laughs> right? So it could be, it could be a, set, a sign that Brave's coming back to TV, right? Right. Yeah, I thought that he was supposed. To, I thought they had put him, like, advertised him as debuting, like one of those weeks, but he never came out. I thought it was like maybe last week. Yeah, you know, you know, they uh, either Vince probably wanted to hold off or. 
something, but I don't know. It's just like you have something that's good and it's inter- inter- it's entertaining, then it's like they kind of throw a wrench at us and everything. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> so Ms. T- Ms. TV with R-Truth and Camilla. Miz says the 24-7 rules are suspended during this interview. Miz puts over Truth's 24-7 title runs and his win at Drake Maverick's wedding. Truth is a national treasure. Truth puts over defending the 48-7 European TV championship. He says it's no joke. He says the guys show up at his crib just as, as the police. But he says he's smarter than that. Carmelo says that Truth takes his championship seriously. Jake Maverick arrived talking about Truth taking his wedding day away from him and ruining his life. He says his wife has shut him out after the loss, and he mentions the lack of consummation. <laughs> Truth thinks that he says constipation, constipation. <laughs> right. and gives him some remedies for that. Drake oh, Maverick then asks for a proper one-on-one match to win back the love of his life, the 24-7 championship. Miz says if Truth accepts, everyone else is banned from the match. And so Truth gives Hornswoggle his match. So R-Truth versus Drake Maverick for the 24-7 championship. Maverick attacks Truth at the bell, but Truth cuts him off. And he hits the, um, what's that? The, the I forgot what's that his finishing move is called. But he pins Drake Maverick in like a 10-second match. After the match, all the jobbers arrive and they try to fight R-Truth, but he escapes. Drake Maverick appears like he's about to cry. Charlie interviews him, but he just walks to the back, a beaten and defeated man. Lacey and Baron Corbin talk about their match at Extreme Rules and wanting to win the titles. Lacey says Becky assesses Kryptonite and T's being the new power couple in WWE. Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns. The heels are beating down Roman. We get a Claymore by Drew and Shane hits the spear. Drew hits another Claymore and Shane now looks to go coast to coast. That's when the Undertaker's dong hits. And he saves the big dog. He chokeslams Shane. He works over Drew. He clotheslines him over the top. And then he clotheslines Shane McMahon. Over the top as well. Claymore kick by McIntyre. That's it. Just count it. Shane won't stop. He wants to humiliate Roman. Wants to knock him cold here. And now mocking Roman Reigns. And a spear. Delivering Roman's own move to him with the help of McIntyre. Calling up one more. Shane wants another Claymore from McIntyre. And enough is enough already. Roman Reigns, no clue where he even is. Drew wants to make this one personal. Now a Claymore to Roman Reigns again. A disgusting, pathetic display here tonight by Shane and Drew. And now this, look at Drew holding Roman down as Shane goes to the top rope, looking for the coast-to-coast here. No! Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Are 
deadly strikes the dead man. The Phenom unloading on McIntyre. The Undertaker is here on Raw. What a moment. And now turns his attention to Shane. And the history of these two men as he sends Shane over the top rope. It is deafening here. Just encountered the Reaper. Nobody, not even Roman Reigns, expected this. I'm I'm telling you, I was laying... And the next thing I heard those gongs, I sat up and it was like, wait a minute. He was not advertised tonight. <laughs> Did you do your own version of the Undertaker sit up? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you talking about, but no, I didn't know. It, it was just funny. I was just like, I'm like, I'm like he wasn't advertised. Like, What's he doing here? And then the next thing you know, he, he beats them down and I was kind of interested. The, the person he had the last match with at WrestleMania is the one who he comes out and saves, you know. And they come to find out, they saying that um I guess they didn't like the super the super showdown match that he had with Goldberg, so Undertaker hand wants to handpick Drew McIntyre as his next opponent. And I'm like, All right, man. I was like, whatever gets you gets you through the night. <laughs> Plus, they can always tie in the Shane and Undertaker match from last year. Their unfinished business. So, you know, it's very interesting to see the old dog come save the big dog. Right. <laughs> but it got the people going for sure. And it definitely had everybody talking. That's how you got to do it. <laughs> Straight out of 1993 WWF Wrestling Challenge. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman had a tug of war. Braun wins. Then Bobby Lashley attacks him. They brawl. Lashley posts Braun. Lashley then chokes uh, Braun out with the rope, but Braun fights back. He tackles Lashley on the floor. Lashley then clothesline Braun into the barricade, and Bobby Lashley stands tall. God damn tug of war. (laughs) I'm like looking, and I was like, okay, I said the arm wrestling thing was. I said I knew how, how that was going to happen. I seen Tug of War this week. I was like, "Why?" <laughs> I said, "Why must you torture us?" Straight up field day event, right? I was <laughs> like, getting the gold medal this time, kids. <laughs> Charlie interviews AJ Styles, and he says he's ready to get back in the ring and face Ricochet tonight. He wants to fight the best, and he feels that that is Ricochet. No way, Jose's music hits. The conga line is dancing, and who's in the front? None other than the Good Brothers. AJ is pissed at them for fucking around. He tells them to get serious. Styles asks, where are the old gallows and Anderson? And they get offended. They say they will prove him wrong right now against the Viking Raiders. So the Viking Raiders take on the Good Brothers. 
Now, if this was Caster Strong style, this would be a totally different review. But since this is the WrestleCast, Anderson lands strikes and celebrates. That allows Eric to cut him off and tag in Ivar. Ivar runs wild and dumps Luke Gallows. The suicide dive connects and Thor's hammer finishes off Anderson and the Viking Raiders get the win. <sighs> Building a story of either AJ getting pissed at these boys and not wanting to deal with them no more or they start getting on a winning streak, AJ gets behind them and then we get maybe a heel version of AJ running with the club. The official run with the club. Right. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, it's be worth watching, you know, seeing what this build is going to be, you know. Nikki Cross apologizes to Alexa Bliss for her actions at Stopping Grounds as Alexa accuses Bailey of being a manipulator. Natalia and Naomi meet with Nikki and tell her that she can't trust Alexa. Alexa then arrives and interrupts. They have an argument which leads to Naomi challenging Alexa to a match. Then we have the best part of the show. R-Truth arrives. He's being chased by all the jobbers in the back and he runs right through what was supposed to be a Heath Slater versus Mojo Riley match. Well, yes. Heath Slater hits a net breaker on R-Truth and Heath Slater is your new 24-7 champion. Heath Slater runs, can't make an escape and Truth hits the lie detector on Heath to regain the title. Cedric Alexander arrives. He hits the lumbar check on Truth. And now Cedric Alexander is your new 24-7 champion. Cedric Alexander runs Mojo into the post. But EC3 hits the one presenter on the floor on the Cedric. And EC3 is your new champion. Carmella distracts EC3. And that allows Truth to win the title back as Truth and Carmella run out to the back. I'm telling you, whoever's updating the Wikipedia for this has a hell of a job to do. <laughs> that was a lot in just a paragraph. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. That was the first time in like six months I've seen EC3 actually legitimately happy about something involving wrestling. Yeah, man, his main his main run his main roster call up has been a total waste. They cut short what could have been an awesome program between him and Velveteen Dream, which probably could have led to them maybe becoming like tag team partners or something. Right, just so much story that they just barely you know scratch the surface of, and then zoop, you see three's on the main roster. Like what? And he's doing nothing. <laughs> he's drinking a lot of num num juice, though. He always has. Yeah, he got. He, I'm telling you, he he stole Montez Ford's gimmick. <laughs> we get some ricochet comments on his United States title win at Stopping Grounds. He says it's a feeling that he doesn't want to go away. He says it's hit the support of his friends, family, and the fans to get him there. He says tonight he faces AJ Styles. Someone he's looked up to his entire career, and he says he will prove that he is worthy to be the United States champion. 
that's the one flaw in his game he's got to try to find is the promo. Right. If he can get that flaw to become not so much as the, you know, biggest red flag for him, if it becomes like a yellow flag, there's no telling where Ricochet could go. But if you can't cut the promo or handle the majority of the script of the promo, you're gonna be at a ceiling. Well, my thing is, right if, if my thing is, if you if you are, you know, if you're supposed to, you know, sell your match or you know thing like that, you could you could I mean you could give them bullet points and say okay, try to hit this this and this and then take it from there and see how that works like they, they was doing you know years ago but it's like they give them a script and say okay read this and it's like here's the it, only thing about that domo you're dealing with a generation of wrestlers who for the most part unless they have a lot of experience on the indies they probably don't even know how to come up with a promo within those bullet points like that because they never they've already had somebody do it for him. Uh, I mean, this is where Dusty has, he has promo classes. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, the indies, they're not that big on promos in general. It's more about in ring over the talking anyway. So there's mm. no real way for them to get that polished at it. And I think that's the reason why they do it so much. I just think that what they need to do is like Chris Jericho and Goldust were saying is, okay, there are some guys that need, you know, hey, A to Z, you know, written out for them. Don't stray off of anything. Stay in this line, you know. But the guys who are capable of going out there and giving you two and a half minutes of gold without much prep or scripting, then those are the people they need to let do that. Right. And I think the product would benefit greatly. That's one of the things modern wrestling doesn't have. It doesn't have too many memorable promos. Like back in the day, you know, you can, you know, so many Steve Austin promos, so many rock promos, DX promos, Bret Hart promos. You know, you can remember some of those interviews way more than you can the matches. Whereas in these this day and age, you remember far more matches than you do promos. Right. Kofi Kingston takes on Sami Zayn. Uh, they came down and uh, Kofi was getting interviewed. They interrupted his interview. Uh, they asked him a whole bunch of questions because this is an impromptu version of the Kevin Owens show. Uh, Kofi basically says he done beat both of them. Sami, you can come get beat again. Uh, and so they have their match. Kofi counters the hell of a loo kick with the running double stop. Kofi follows with rights, but flies into a big boot and Sammy covers for a two count. Kofi counters the blue thunderbomb into a cradle and Kofi Kingston gets the win. After the match, Kevin Owens makes a challenge. He challenges Kofi to a match right now. So Kofi Kingston faces off against Kevin Owens. Kofi counters the pop-up powerbomb, but Owens pulls him to the floor, and Kevin hits a backdrop. Excuse me, Kofi hits a big backdrop. Kofi follows with the SOS on the ramp, 
And then Kofi rolls back in just in the nick of time to beat the count. And Kofi Kingston defeats Kevin Owens by count out. That SOS on the uh, to the head and then Kevin Owens hitting his head on that still great. That shit look like it hurt real. Oh, man. Nasty. <laughs> I can see why his ass got counted out. <laughs> right. Uh, post-match, Kofi hits a big dive onto Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn as Samoa Joe attacks Kofi and slams him into the LED boards. The Uranagi follows on the stage and then Samoa Joe chokes Kofi Kingston out. Now, I'm thinking um, Joe's going to fo- try to focus on getting his title back from Ricochet. And he out here saying, okay, on to the next challenge. And let me let me get, let me get the jump on Kofi. And I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. And we had, and we, we and you had this discussion in the, during the hashtag. You know, you said it should have been Randy. I'm like, I, I'm here for the whole Joe aspect because it's a fresh. Even though they had that battles during the gauntlet leading up to WrestleMania, this is a fresh storyline, and I think Joe could bring out the best in Kofi. To be honest, it'll be the first real matchup where it looks like Kofi is in peril. Where you know he, he he doesn't have the strength advantage. All he has is his speed, and you know Samoa Joe may be able to negate that once they do have a match. I'll be interested to hear the Samoa Joe promo. To, mm. You know, basically lay it on the line why he put Kofi in his sights. We haven't gotten that yet, and uh, and then once we go from there, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how much of it, how long this goes and how they weave the story. If Samoa Joe is going to be out here trying to systematically pick off the new day one at a time until, you know, Kofi doesn't have no backup or what. So be interesting to see how that plays out as we get further down the line. It's announced that Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon will take on Roman Reigns and The Undertaker at Extreme Rules. Alexa Bliss takes on our girl Naomi. Naomi hits the split-legged leg drop and covers for a two-count. Alexa Bliss powders to the outside, and then Naomi drop kicks Nikki by mistake as Alexa Bliss moves out of the way. Back in, Alexa Bliss hit the spike DDT, and Alexa Bliss got the win over Naomi. So after the match, Alexa Bliss beats down Naomi. Nikki reluctantly joins in until Natalia makes the save. And that leads to guess what, Maurice? What's that? A straight up tag team match player as <laughs> Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross faced off against Natalia and Naomi. Nikki hits a drop kick. She heads up top and hits the high cross for a two count. Natalia fights her off. Alexa Bliss tags in. Nikki hits the purge. And Alexa Bliss steals the pin as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross get the win. Mm. So they're trying to build. I mean, I guess it's progressing the storyline with these with Alexa and Nikki. 
And I'm hoping Nikki sees the light and turns on her and everything. A, lot, a couple of people I, I talked to, they don't like how Nikki's character has just did this drastic change, so to speak. You know, it's just not, she wasn't the same crazy and like NXT and everything and how she had great matches down there. Now she's kind of like the, the flunky for Alexa Bliss and her quest to beat Bailey for the title. Main event time. Ricochet faced off against AJ Styles. Styles follows with a furious strikes and a clothesline for a two count. Ricochet fires back up with chops and a twister suplex and a line salt for a two count. Ricochet heads up top. He rolls through on the 630. AJ Styles then hits the phenomenal forearm and AJ Styles picks up the win over Ricochet. Now see, this is a perfect example, right? Ricochet wins the title out the blue the night before. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh shit, okay, we need to get behind Ricochet. All right. Then the next night, he has a high-profile match against AJ Styles. And what happened? He loses. He loses. So how the, can you get behind somebody? Like, now, imagine what that does for his stock if he beats AJ Styles. Like, even if it was on, like, a, a quick roll-up or something where AJ could be like, you know what? You caught me slipping. You know, let's run it back. Right. The funny thing about this match was um, Gallows and Anderson come out, coming out, and then AJ grabbing his mic and says, no, this match won't restart until you leave. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I said, okay. Then we're going to commercial, and by the time they get back... <laughs> yeah, man, they got to find these creative ways to get these commercial breaks in there. Right. You said, this match won't restart. This match won't continue until you leave. I'm like, all right. I saw what you did there, but you know, even getting um, AJ and Ricochet was getting re- rave reviews on this match, and it was a pretty good match. You know, it was like, wasn't the outcome that we was hoping. You know, if it was like a quick win or a DQ, then you know, something that could just kind of carry carry on the um, storyline and whatnot. That I've been fine with that, but. Just to have AJ straight up beat him the night after he wins the title kind of bothers me, but you know, I guess booking is going to book and go book 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 a man is going to book the way he wants to book. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to SmackDown. Shane opens the show. He says that Roman fears he and Drew, and that he brought in the Undertaker to help. Shane says he fears no man and plans to make Reigns a dead man. And Shane says he's pissed off. Kofi comes out. Uh, He's out with the New Day. He addresses Samoa Joe's attack on Raw. Kofi says that uh, since he won the title at Mania, he's had great moments, but he's also experienced some painful and agonizing moments as well. He beat Ziggler at stopping grounds and taking a leap of faith to do so. And then Raw happened. They show the footage of Joe beating him up on Raw. Kofi says that it was brutal and painful. He says that Joe isn't complicated. He's a force of nature. And Joe thinks that extreme rules that he's found this prey. 
Kobe goes on to say that he thinks, you know, he's going to prove Joe wrong. And that's when Dolph Ziggler arrives. He says, no one will come to take his spot. Kofi knows better. This isn't a game. This is Ziggler's life, and it and this is his everything. Ziggler says Wood saved him once, and on Sunday, Kofi took the Cowboys' way out to win. Everyone knows Ziggler should be the WWE champion right now. WWE management says if Ziggler beats Kofi tonight, then he'll be added to the Extreme Rules title match between Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston, and he'll get what he deserves, the WWE title. He says, also, the match is going to be two out of three falls. Miz mixed with Elias. He wants to start with Shane. Elias warns Miz not to meet with Shane, and Miz tells Elias to tell Shane that their feud needs to end. Miz leaves, and Shane arrives. Shane accepts the match if Miz can beat Elias. In a two out of three falls match. Rowan and Daniel Bryan. They take on Xavier Woods and Big E. Daniel Bryan locks Big E in the LaBelle lock. Woods makes the save. He gets dumped to the outside where he drop kicks Rowan. Daniel Bryan lays in kicks on Big E. But he runs into the STO. The up, up, down, down connects. And the New Day, they pin Daniel Bryan. Kevin and Sammy, they attack after the match until Heavy Machinery comes down to make the save. The faces stand tall and they clear the ring. And then <laughs> you'll never guess what happened. I don't know. It sounded like the spirit of Tate Long within the building or something like that. <laughs> Straight up eight man tag team match player. As the and, new day and of elimination too, <laughs> <laughs> as the new day and heavy machinery take on Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan. We get a hot tag to Otis. He runs wild on Sami. The spinning slam follows, and then the corner splash connects. Otis hits the caterpillar. He tags in the compactor by uh, heavy machinery. Finishes off Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just stood on the apron. Watched his best friend get pinned, and then he walked off. Oh, he left before that. He was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> they recap the uh, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss angle. Uh, if Nikki beats Bailey tonight, Alexa Bliss will get her rematch. Uh, we get that cool uh, Mustafa Ali video package again that they showed at Stopping Grounds. Now it's time for The Miz versus Elias, two out of three falls. Shane cuts off the springboard attempt by the Miz and Elias hits a knee strike and the drift away for the pin. So that was fall one. Miz lays in kicks, but Elias cradles him for two. Miz fires back with more kicks. He takes out Shane and the skull crescent finale finale gets two count as Shane breaks it up for the disqualification. So now we're tied at one fall apiece. Shane and Elias, they beat down the Miz. They dump him to the floor, and Shane slams him off of the announce table and tosses the Miz over it. They whip the Miz into the barricade and back in the ring. Shane spears the Miz. Fall three finally begins. Elias heads up top, and he hits the big elbow drop for the win. After the match, Shane goes coast to coast on the Miz. Uh, It was good to see Elias get a win on TV here. Yes. After they had kind of beat him like a drum on Monday Night Raw the past Ooh. like two weeks. Oh, he got. Oh, man. He would just come up. It's. 
I'm here for everything involving Elias, interviews, matches. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, they had called him. Um, Miz called him a fake Bob Dylan. <laughs> and then we started going off in the hashtag calling fake um, guitars names and everything. <laughs> yeah, I think you called him a great value Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it was it's little things like that just can, kind of carries on when we in the hashtag, you know, it's just kind of little things like that. It's just little little fun things like that, you know. It's why I enjoy being on the hashtags, you know, doing these shows because we watch the matches, but we can just have additional fun with it. <laughs> exactly, always a lot of fun in the hashtag Rawcast or the hashtag Smackdown Matters Live tweets. So every Monday and Tuesday nights, share your commentary with color by using each of those hashtags. Finn Balor, he's still alive. He says he respects Andrade, but he overcame him. They ask him, who's his next challenger going to be? And that's when Nakamura walks in. He points at the belt and walks off. And Finn Balor smiles and is like, hey, okay, that's what's up. If you notice, he did the two sweet to the belt as <laughs> this as this you no know, simple saying you know yeah he's like I see you sir uh, we have to give some uh, shouts and prayers out to Andrade saying Amos uh, he's had uh, some really tough uh, struggles going on uh, his mom and his aunt passed away so, oh wow so that's the reason why he hasn't been on TV and that's the reason why this kind of program with him and Finn kind of fizzled out uh, leading up to stopping oh, ground. So, yeah, he's been on leave. So, um, you know, big ups to Andrade and, and yeah, up to him and his family. Definitely. All right. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. If Nikki Cross wins, Alexa Bliss gets a title rematch with Bailey. Bailey misses a high cross body block, allowing Nikki to cradle her for a two count. They trade cradles until Nikki counters and pins Bailey, giving Alexa Bliss her rematch. Something is is telling me that Nikki is going to get inserted into this match as we a three way. I don't know how it's going to happen, but she's going to be in that match, and I, I mean she's going to be a, a participating in that match as well, you know. And Alexa's probably going to try to have her do all the work, <laughs> all the work, and then. She tried to pick up the wing. Yeah, right. she's doing Alexa Bliss things. Right. <laughs> you know, she's one person who may not ever be able to be a babyface. Or if it's a babyface, it's one of those Kevin Owens, like, three-week babyface runs just to turn on somebody. Like, she had a nice... When she was in NXT, she had that run as a babyface. And then we, we, we they went no... We was, she was just out there, you know, little the um, gimmick. The next thing you know, she got with um, Blake and Murphy. Got with them, and then that's when she took off on that hill run, took way off, and then that propelled her to come to the main roster. And she's consistent with the being a character and everything. Her wrestling is a little bit more desired because she's often injured, but you know, she has that look that Vince wants and she's going to be the face of the the, the heel you know, the women's one of the, like the top 
stars of um, the women division in the months to come. You know, but she's she can like I said, she can do a real uh, her hair work is is really great. And like you said, if she becomes face, I'm not trusting it. <laughs> <laughs> Carmella is looking for our truth, but she finds Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. She did Correction, find- that's the hold on. Shout out to Jay to, to the Max. That's future SmackDown or Raw Women's Champion Sonya Deville. They can continue. <laughs> <sighs> she finds our truth and Jake Maverick arrives and talks about truth ruining his wedding day. Truth hugs him and says he thought it was Carmella's wedding and tells Hornswoggle to get a ref and pin him. It was a trap as our truth escapes and the jobbers run in and they all run over Drake Maverick. He's like, psych. He was like, I love this title more than you love your wife. Love your wife. <laughs> Great line of the night. And Drake was like, I can't. <laughs> and next thing you know, he, all of a sudden you turn around, you just seen, you like on the cartoons when all the um, all the characters come running and they just come trampling over him. He's just sitting there like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, poor man. I said, 24 7 title, the best shit on <laughs> NWWE main roster TV right now. He's the, um, and they say, all, in a, a recent WWE.com poll has him as like the, the favorite champion of of all the champions right now. He's the favorite. I, I can believe it. This shit's entertaining. It's like he was he was twenty eight percent. Seth is at twenty three, and I was like, this is kind of close. But our truth is just kind of is entertaining to watch. You know, <laughs> and it's basically something for all the other guys who don't really get on TV get them something to do and everything. But it's just you know. He loses the title. And I'm like, how you gonna get it back? The next thing you know, he finds a way to get it back. And, you know, he keeps up the comedy and everything, you know. And this is one thing I like about R-Truth. He's just that guy who can entertain you. He can give you a good match and he can entertain you at the same time, you know. Most definitely. He's on his uh, best run in WWE in a long time. I know, because it was like, for a minute, he wasn't really just doing nothing. He was just backstage, and then he got the U.S. title, and then the 24-7 title was all his, and he just took off running with it. And and it's like everyone is like really enjoying him as being a champion. <laughs> right. Uh, according to Maurice and Jade to the max, future women's <laughs> champion, Sonya Deville, faced off against Ember Moon, Sonya attacks with strikes, a running knee, and she covers for two. Ember Moon fires back with the flurry of kicks, and Sonya rolls to the floor. Ember Moon follows her. She takes Sonya back into the ring, but Mandy distracts Ember Moon, allowing Sonya to run Ember into the post, and Sonya Deville gets the pin and the win over Ember Moon. So, I don't know if you're you're peeping this. But I think they're teasing something between Mandy and Sonya. Like they're gonna break up? No, uh, um, a kind of a, 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 a romance. Oh, word! It was just, a, just it was just the little things I saw. Like she kind of like gave her that long and staring her. Um, Sonya gave her that long and staring her face, like she wanted to kiss her, but she just kind of like just they just walked out the ring, and I was just like, yeah, it might be something more to that. But it's just storyline based and everything. Uh, this. That's just, 
This week when I uh, saw Mandy Rose, my first thought was, oh, look at that girl with the Daisy Dukes on. <laughs> oh, man. But, yes. All me and Jay to the match, just, we just want to see Sonya have the title and we can just... Tell everybody, twice. tell everybody, we told you so. Hey, they already mentioned it twice that she could be a future champion. So you know they listen to us <laughs> say it. They read the hashtags, put the title on it, so we can get this ball rolling. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I love how she's just like a, she's a great character. She stands for what she believes, and she's a, um, you know, she's really putting the um, LGBT community. Giving them a, a big, you know, platform on the main roster, and you know, she's really like she's she's doing it, you know, in a way that you know is really catching the eyes of you know everyone. So it's like, hey, this is why I'm supporting her, and you know, she's going to be a future champion, and we're going to be right there saying we told all of y'all from day one. <laughs> Alistair Black still waiting for somebody to come challenge him to a fight someone finally knocks on the door Alistair <laughs> smiles, gets up but we never see who it is it's probably somebody delivering his uh, ham sandwich he asked for from catering <laughs> that was hilarious he, he, he's sitting there and the next thing you know the door knocking he got the, the sheep with this grin just appeared on his face and I was like, oh no. I was like, who is going to answer? Who finally decides to answer this this man's calling? It's a very interesting approach they used with him and Ricochet. Right. I mean, after forcing them down our throats every week or that um that um quick call up and everything, you know, that was just like out of nowhere. From the Super Bowl, from the night of the Super Bowl. Up until I say the middle of May, I swear those boys were on every piece of TV WWE produced from NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. They was on. Oh my goodness! I forgot. I forgot all about the Super Bowl and how the halftime halftime (laughs) halftime heat. heat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that it just, was. It just tells you how much content they're generating, man. It is. Because at the time, it was like, oh shit, halftime heat? Hell yeah, that's a big deal. Right. Now you look back like five months later, like, damn, I forgot they even happened. Uh, right. I forgot all about they was they, they had did that. And then it was just like basically they would detect, they were teaming up, they were teaming up um, in the, the, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Mm-hmm. They. They did that. The next thing they came on the main roster, they was doing that. Everybody was like, "Why do you keep teaming them up?" I was like, "Well, they kind of." I was saying to myself, they had to keep that going with that storyline of NXT. And the next thing you know, I'm thinking like, "Okay, they got win at least one of these titles," and they came up empty. And the next thing you know, they finally broke them up. Ricochet stayed on Raw. Alice Black went to SmackDown, and it was just like Alice Black was one of this whole. Recreation sitting in the dog talking about some come fight me. And I was like, What? Anybody challenging him? Andrade, you 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 don't want to do 
You don't want them old ghosts coming back? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's just, and then it was just like, it was like months we just sitting here, here in, the, in the dark, it's just sitting there talking. Like, hell, I was hoping Dean Ambrose would have gave him the rub before he went, he left the company, but that didn't even happen. They didn't even do that for us. <laughs> but now we're going to see who answered the call. Yeah, I can't wait because I, I swear I've been like, this dude, y'all complaining about Dol- uh, um, uh, Brock not coming to work. This dude talking about don't want nobody fight him. But why don't you go to the ring instead of hiding out wherever the hell you're hiding out where nobody can find you? He, he's sitting there like hoping somebody will watch and he said, where is he? Where is he at? Let me go fight him. And then he hears knock at the door. He's like, <laughs> but it's going to be real interesting to see how um, this plays out at Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. Main event time for SmackDown. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. Two out of three falls. Non-title match. Dolph Ziggler counters the sunset flip and sits down for two as the ref caught Ziggler holding the ropes, leading to a Kofi pinfall. So Ziggler beats on Kofi on the floor. He has a zigzag, and that's when fall two begins. Ziggler misses a corner charge. He runs into the post, but manages a super kick, and he pins Kofi, and things are all even at one. Kofi counters the Famister into a set-out powerbomb for two. Ziggler then counters uh, Trouble in Paradise. He posts Kofi, and he hits the zigzag for a near fall. They work into counters. The Trouble in Paradise connects, and Kofi Kingston gets the win. Kofi was forced to dive desperately out the cage door. Within the rules, sure, but he risked his whole career just to hold that championship. The bottom line is, Corey, Kofi, he won. He won the match. He was the better man inside that steel cage. Right for the sunset. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ziggler sits down on a cover, hand on the rope, and the official time. Oh, Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. Kofi's got the first fall. Kofi Kingston has been awarded the first fall. And a cheap shot from behind by Ziggler. And again, we're going to have to reset as we get ready for the second fall opportunity. The bell hasn't rung. That's if Dolph allows it to happen right now. Ziggler can do whatever he wants. He's not risking disqualification. Learning from the playbook of Shane McMahon and Elias earlier tonight. Kingston is up one nothing in this. Oh God! Three falls. Oh, could make it a clean sweep. Cover kick out by Ziggler. This is desperation. Oh, super kick. Desperation for Dolph Ziggler. Kofi to tie it up. What a piece! And he does. And just like that, Dolph Ziggler has been awarded the second fall. Oh, wait a minute, they're about trouble in paradise. Oh, saw it coming. Great job by Ziegler catching the trouble in paradise. Kick out of the air. Oh, oh it's Kofi. Kofi. Oh, kick out by Ziegler. Oh, Ziegler shoulder oh. first into the post, sending Kofi. Ziegler oh. got him. Got him. Ziegler's going to extreme rules. No, oh, no. Kingston kicked out. Not quite. This will do it. Disconnect. It's over. Oh, went for a super kick. That up and get the first fall. Missed with trouble in paradise. Kofi caught the leg. Got him. The second time. Kofi. Cover. Kofi wins. 
Kofi Kingston. Remarkable, gutsy, all throughout this match, Kofi Kingston kept giving himself a chance, kept giving himself an opportunity to survive. And not only did Kofi survive tonight, he thrived because Dolph Ziggler is not headed to Extreme Rule. Uh, they was so they, this match was just being talked about as well too. Yeah, this was the best match they've had in their little series. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny when they they always talk about the two out of three falls or whatnot, and you know then you'll see the whole a uh, beat down, and you know you're about to go to commercial because then they, they'll, you'll see wrestler A attack wrestler B. And they say, oh no, he's attacking him, and they haven't started the second the second match yet. And I'm like, okay, we're going to commercial. And then by the time they come back, <laughs> they should be fine. As long as they end on action and come back with action, then it'll be then they could work in the commercials into the shows. And that's how it's, it's like I would go to a live show and see that. I'm like, okay, this is where it cut the this is and then it was like then I would think back and like, okay. This is where they cut the commercial at because you will see where they like throw them outside, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, they come back, they're back in the ring with a wrist lock or a chin lock or something like that, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like okay, I see what you're doing there, but um, yeah, it's this whole two out of three. <laughs> now, now let's say it was like it was a uh, the the baby face was getting beat down. He starts his comeback. He throws the guy to the outside, or he does some kind of super duper spectacular move, or he gets right in the middle of some super duper spectacular move, and they got a cutaway for the commercial, right? Right. So then, what you're thinking is, okay, the whole time there's you know all this action going on, you can't see it, and then all of a sudden when you come back, you you know you have that baby face continuing the beat down, or you catch it right when. The heel starts to take back over. You come back, you know, from the break. And then, well, you know, so and such was running wild during the commercial break, but right as we came back to action, you know, the heel such and such, you know, with such this maneuver, the awesome maneuver gains the advantage, and then you go back into the end of your match, you know. That's how you do it instead of like, okay, I'm going to throw the guy out to the outside, or I'm going to run him into the steps, and everybody knows, okay, here comes the commercial. And then, the commercial break goes off, and then you come back from the commercial, and then you see a reverse chin lock spot. Like this is so, and it's and then it'd be different if it was like one match, but it's every freaking match. Yep. It's nothing Remember, different. It's not like oh, we came back and somebody was in a figure four, almost about to lose or something, you know? Right, like inches, like um, inches closer to the ropes. But remember when the early days of the um, WWE Network when they had the second screen experience and they would go to, they would throw it to the app. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you had to go to the app and watch whatever they were doing in the commercial break. And then next thing you know, by the time they finish the commercial break, oh, it's going back to TV, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. They said they was doing that for a while and they stopped that. Now Vince is doing, trying to do something else. Like, um, <laughs> I'm like, I think there are a lot of concessions that Fox is asking them to make. Right. And and now that we are, you know, July is on the horizon, so that basically this is 
the second to last month of this quarter and then, you know, September and October start the fall. And so um, I think that just in that preparation and we're so close that they're trying to get everything lined up. So when October hits and they move to Fox, they can have all everything Fox wants. They can have it lined up or at least it's been working for a couple of months in place where everything won't have to just be brand new. I, I, I really honestly believe that a lot of what we're seeing as far as the wild card rule, as far as right. the, the TV, the shifting and the, and the who's writing the TV, all of this are, you know, things that Fox are asking them for. That's right. Because the whole wild card, as soon as that was introduced, I was like, this had to be something with Fox because they don't want the big stars on that, on the network. And, you know, with the brand split, they were like, we're going to find some way to get, to get it to come, you know, to come together or something like that. Mm-hmm. Final review will be NXT. Had a fun match to start the show. The first match in our NXT breakout tournament, Angel Garza, also known as Hector Garza Jr., faced off against Joaquin Wilde, also known as DJZ. Angel Garza hits the Spanish fly off the top for a great near fall. Wilde then cradles him up for a two count. We get a drop kick by Garza, followed by the sit-out Butterfly Buster, and Angel Garza gets the win, and he is the first athlete to advance in this new NXT breakout tournament match. This match was excellent. <laughs> Won't it, though? I was like, and I was like, I haven't really seen um, DJZ um, wrestled like in a couple of years. I'm from when I was I was like watching TNA, but they really put on a high quality match here, and I was like into it. I'm just sitting there watching, like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> it was good to see two fresh faces on the show with completely different style and moves, right? And because it was your first time, you know, watching them wrestle, you you didn't, you know, you weren't in tune to their, you know, six moves of doom that everybody does, you know. So everything they did in this match was like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> they had it was just like the the fans was on their feet, like <laughs> right, like I'm glad that they allowed them to have quote-unquote breakout wrestling matches where it, it, yes. it, was, it was totally different than what you see on NXT even 205 to an extent. This is right. more like Cruiserweight Classic version of a wrestling it match. Was. It was. It, it did give me that kind of vibe and everything. They um, they put on a great match and I'm now I'm really excited to see what the rest of this tournament has to offer you know, come going in the upcoming weeks, but this match was very a good way to kick off to kick off this this tournament. And it's like now, yeah, wait to see what the other guys are going to bring next week, the, the upcoming weeks. Uh, we get a Kushida video package where he's talking about his transition uh, from New Japan into WWE and his goals and his aspirations. And uh, he's basically, you know, questioning who his next challenger is going to be. 
No question. Now, was Kushida was the one that came down in like the um, Back to the Future? It's like kind of car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like dude. This dude. I'm, I'm, I like dude. Dude is 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 pretty 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 darn good with this wrestling thing. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Alex Shelley used to be the time splitters, and that oh, was their okay. gimmick. The Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Yeah. They actually had a DeLorean one year for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, Damian Priest does an interview after his match. He says that his name will live on forever, just like fame. Uh, the Street Profits, they take on the Forgotten Sons. The Street Profits get on the mic. Angelo Dawkins running his big mouth, turns it into a tag team <laughs> title match. Uh, Montez Ford tags in Dawkins. Dawkins runs wild on the Forgotten Sons with suplexes and then corner splashes. The Spinebuster and Fog Splash get to two count, and that's when Jackson Riker attacks, and we get a disqualification. The Forgotten Sons continue the attack until only Lorcan and Danny Burch make the save. They grab the titles from the Forgotten Sons, and then they hand them back to the champions, but they tell the Street Profits that they owe them. Yeah, I, 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 I go definitely stand for um, Street Profits, but I like um, Birch and Orkin. Um, I like them as well, too, as a tag. They are some hard-hitting fellas in this wrestling in this wrestling industry. They Like, when in, the, in that ladder match at TakeOver, whew! Yeah. And- I, thought they, I thought they was going to win, honestly. I thought I had them winning, but... I was happy to see Street Profits win. I was like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> Somebody usually gets pretty well lumped up when they wrestle Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Hey, Kyle O'Reilly's out. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, look, Kyle O'Reilly is out. <laughs> but uh, this was a good um, first defense for the Street Profits. The crowd definitely in love with these guys. Uh, like I said, good for Angelo Dawkins uh, to finally get a chance to get some real shine on NXT. Man. And the sky's the limit for Montez Ford, man. But he, like, I'm, I don't know, man. He, he's just, like, he, he kind of, he got that, like, swag, like, he could be down with um, New Day or something like that, but he's just on his doing his own thing. And Angelo Dawkins has really improved from his early his er, his earlier days in NXT and everything. So, you know, like you said, kudos to them. You know, they want to evolve and they want to tag titles, and they've been wrestling um, big matches there too. So it's like they, um, you know, they putting in work, and I'm you know, I'm proud to see that they um, having you know they representing. You know the culture well, very well. Very well. Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, they run down Mia Yim for being poor and having to overcome the tough odds that she did when she grew up. Aaliyah gets to face Mia Yim next week. Now it's time to bask in the glory of Keith Lee as he takes on Nikos Rikos. Rikos talks a little trash and he slaps Keith Lee. That was a mistake. Keith Lee fires back with some chops <laughs> and the pounce. Keith Lee then hits the ground zero and Keith Lee gets the win. Yeah. Never slap Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I'll be glad when they get him in a program, man. It, you know, it's cool to see him come out and beat up these little rinky dink dudes and build up his wins. But man, I was hyped for that Donovan Dijakovic shit. Me and then, too. Then he, then Keith Lee got hurt, and then they had to build up Dijakovic for a couple of weeks. And then when Keith Lee came back, Dijakovic got hurt. Like shit. Like I said, and we see, and we see with the um. The Djokovic could do. And we did against um, Luke Harper in the uh, Worlds Collide. Right. And I was like, oh, this guy's, this guy is money. And the injury bug said, hello. <laughs> Let had me to, sit you down for a little bit. I'm like, come on, man. Had to break out my uh, Fire Pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> he was telling you about that. <laughs> yeah. Get my Keith Lee versus Donovan Djokovic match. Yeah, man. Now, Keith oh, Lee man. was victorious twice, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, they hyped the Adam Cole Championship Celebration Tour. So, this was a cool picture in a yeah. video. Uh, Adam Cole getting his uh, Ric Flair on the, you know, private planes and parties and pretty women and suits and just the life of a champion. The yeah. champion, rather. Main event time. Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. NXT women's title steel cage match. Very first steel cage match in NXT history between the women. Io Shirai hits the top of the cage moonsault press on Shayna Baszler. Io crawls to the door, but Shayna grabs her leg and follows with strikes. And then she uh, she starts to crawl. Io kicks her away. She starts to crawl again, but Shayna cuts her off again and chokes her out in the ropes. Io Shirai fights, but Shayna keeps choking her out until Io slams the cage door on the Baszler's head and face repeatedly. After she gets hit in the head with the cage about three or four times, Shayna is dazed and she falls forward out of the ring to win the match and retain the NXT women's title. <sighs> when you <laughs> when you, you think you got something going and it it hurt it hurts you in the end. Yeah, the setup of this was good because it damn sure looked like when EO hit her in the head with that cage door about three times and she finally let that choke go, the EO was gonna be able to just kind of you know slide herself underneath the bottom rope and get out but nope Shayna fell forward and her head you know your weight your your body follows your head <laughs> and her body followed her right out the ring you're, you're not a fan of this I see no 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 I'm a fan of what happened what happened afterwards oh yes <laughs> Post-match. I'm a fan. What I'm a fan. What happened afterwards? This is what caught me. Like this, hey, I'm sitting here watching the match. I'm like, okay. The next thing you know, the post match. <laughs> yes. Io Shirai snaps following her loss. She kicks the shit out of Candice LeRae of all people who came down to help when uh, the Jasmine Duke and um, Marina Shafir came out yeah. to try to assist Shayna. Uh, Io looks upset and then she bails only to grab a steel chair. She slays out Candace with chair shots 
And then she does like a brain buster kind of suplex on the Candace on the open seat of the chair. So she <laughs> opens after she hit her across the back and in the gut about three or four times. Then she sat the chair down like it was supposed to be like you would sit in it. And then she gave her that brain buster or suplex onto the chair. Oh, man. I was like, oh, I'm like, this is violence. I love it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is violent. And, and she was cursing out people in Japanese and she was like, she don't need no friends. And so I think it has finally happened. She has gone to the dark side. Um, It was just, I, for, I was like, damn, Candace, I hate, hate it had to be you. <laughs> But she, um, mm, I said, so I mean, this must go open up. So, I mean, I'm wondering where this, where this is going to lead to. Is it going to lead to a triple threat or is this going to lead to somebody else coming to step up the challenge? Um, Mia is getting, is about to get the next shot. Okay. All right. They're building Mia for the tight because Mia challenged her. Uh, then Mia had that video package where she challenged her again and she brought up the fact that she's fighting for all the girls in the locker room that's being bullied by Shayna. I'm not scared of you. You know what I'm saying? So, looks like Mia's going to get the next. Uh, oh, okay. But, can't, but can't, this, this is these of the Candace and EO. This is going to be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be Because it, it, like, it was like, because when we said at, um, at TakeOver, she was kind of hesitant to hand her the chin, and when she gave her the, gave her the chin, she hit that that um, moon salt back with moon salt on to Shayna. I was like, "Oh, this might be the seeds, the the the, the plantings of a hill turn or something." And <laughs> looks I like said, we're here now. Yep. They announced the lineup for next week, where we have Mia Yim. She'll take on Aaliyah. Roderick Strong will take on Tyler Breeze. And in our NXT breakout tournament match, Cameron Grimes, a.k.a. Trevor Lee, will take on Isaiah Scott, a.k.a. Shane Swerve Strickland. Oh, this is or be... a.k.a. Killshot. Shot. <laughs> if you are a fan of Lucha Underground. <laughs> right. I, these are my two favorite people I wanted to see in this whole tournament, and I'll be damned if they ain't facing each other in the first round. I always give you the ones that you don't want to see in the early in the early round. But right. this could have been like a semifinals match right here, man. Right. I hadn't seen Swerve wrestling so long. Right, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Trevor Lee wrestle live um, in the Indies here in North Carolina. So, yeah, he's good. He's good money. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're gonna, y'all are going to like him. Okay. All right. Like I said, this tournament has definitely got my eyes open. So, you know, a good reason to, watch, to tune in to NXT just to, to see these matches. But, man, this is – see, with Triple H, with Triple H at the helm, we got – we got, Builds, we get solid wrestling, we get all the things that you need. You know, you get you get that whole, you know, build up to your champ to the championship match and everything. You get all of that. 
Yeah, it's the best part of what they do at NXT. It's old school presentation with new school wrestlers and moves and things like that. So it is definitely the best produced product WWE makes each week in and uh, out for 52 weeks a year. Now, our final topic of the night, we will be talking about the Fighter Fest that will be taking place. This card is going to be taking place down in Daytona. This is the latest installment of AEW coming to us. The lineup includes in the buy-in, which is their pre-show, SCU versus the Best Friends versus Private Party. The winners earn a shot at uh, All Out for a first-round bye in the World Tag Team Championship. We have Michael Nakazawa versus uh, Alex Jabaley in a hardcore match. That's also going to take place in the buy-in. Then we're going to have Nyla Rose versus Rio versus Yuka Shizaki. Christopher Daniels is going to take on Seema. Hangman Page versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy in a fatal four-way. Cody Rhodes is going to take on Darby Allen. John Moxley is his, is going to take on Joey Janela, and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, are going to form the Elite to go up against the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid. So that should be an action-packed uh, night uh, this Saturday night. Fighter Fest will be taking place. Uh, it's going to be on Bleacher Report Live for free. So just, you know, Saturday night starting at uh, 7.30. Just uh, pull up your Bleacher Report, either your app or go to their website. And it should be streaming live so you can take in a little AEW. Um, I don't know. We'll come up with some type of hashtag between now and Saturday. And uh, we'll let you guys know through Twitter so everybody can uh, live tweet and share their commentary with color on the AEW Fighter Fest. This is a cool little project. Um, This is centered around a gaming festival. Uh, Kenny Omega thought that a lot of the people in the gaming world and wrestling could come together and have a, a convention type deal. And so this is the uh, collaborative effort with CEO Gaming and it's the annual fighting video game convention. And uh, so good for Kenny for putting this together and the matches and the car seems pretty stacked. So I can't wait to see this event play out on Saturday. So for my Rawcast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime, for our special guest, Mo underscore Reese, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been episode 243 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Let's not waste our time with the softball journalism. Okay, your questions are terrible, Charlie. They always are. Thankfully, there's a couple of people here who actually came prepared. That's right. 
I've got some questions of my own, so knock Renee. You can get out of the ring. Your presence is no longer required because we're about to have ourselves a little impromptu. Sammy and Kevin show. Yes, I love this show. My favorite. The real hard-hitting questions begin. Let's see if you're up to the task, Kofi. Let's see. Question number one. Why are you here? Question number two. Who do you think you are? Question number three. Why don't you just get the hell out of here, man? Okay, while while we're asking questions, can can I ask you a question? Kevin, do you know you have a humongous zit on the side of your head that's bleeding? I can see it from here. Hey, I I have a better question. Why is Kofi Kingston such a paper champion? Why is it that Kofi Kingston's entire identity as WWE champion is guy who gets help from his friends? Friends, by the way, named Biggie and Xavier Woods, who last night we destroyed at stopping grounds. So the real question is, Kofi, why do you use your friends as WWE champion? Use my friends. Look, look, just because you guys have this weird, bizarro, I'm your friend, I'm not your friend, I love you, I hate you, I love to hate you, but I hate to love you type relationship going on, doesn't mean that that's how it works for everybody else, okay? When it comes to me, Xavier, and Big E, we are brothers, it is a brotherhood, it's a bond that nobody can break. And as far as me not being able to win matches by myself, correct me if I'm wrong, but at Money in the Bank, I beat you, Kevin, all by myself. Just like last night at Stomping Grounds, when I beat Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage all by myself. And just like tonight, when I beat you, Sam Zayn, all by myself. So why don't you do us all a favor, come in this ring and catch another Trouble in Paradise kick upside the dome, courtesy of your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Let's start our match right here, right 